This week on Out Now with Internet, we are talking Petite Maman. Hey, do you have like a large pile of sticks that I could use to build a fort? We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi! Hello! How are, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We like also like to have these special bonus episodes with whatever it's one of our fun commentary tracks. Uh, thoughts on news of the day or something completely different. And this is one of our uh, fun bonus episodes here where we, uh, we have a movie in mind that we want to discuss, but... It's not like a huge release, and we have other things to get into as well. So we figured have a have a have a bonus here in between some of the it's, bigger blockbusters. Yeah, it's let's have a break, but also like, hey man, we like to talk about movies. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know these these small releases, we tend to like them. So. Yeah. So to, uh, I mean, it's it says on your your listening device what we're talking about. We are going to be talking about uh, Celine Siama's Petite Maman uh, for our our main review essentially this week. Um, but we have some other things to get to. Um, so let's do let's do some show notes here real quick, mm-hmm. uh, which would of course include an update on Summer Movie Gamble X. Um, Doctor Strange opened pretty big, yeah, last week. Uh, this week, as one movie normally does, it dropped uh, pretty significantly. Do you know the um, percentage? Yeah, sixty-seven percent. That's that's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. the third largest percentage drop for a Marvel movie um, ever. Mm, uh, okay. behind i think black widow and spider-man no way home spider-man no way home because it opened so huge so it's like well it have to, it has to drop <laughs> right, <laughs> something right. like it can't match that the same weekend uh but and like i i'm curious as to what that means as far as reactions go like the so we recorded doc, our doctor strange episode on saturday so we didn't have the box office right um numbers when it, like, it, it was at like 96 million when we were recording oh yeah it, it had a huge like friday right <laughs> for yeah. sure pretty big friday controversy yeah. on the on the interwebs about it too it, its opening weekend was 187 million um, to, <laughs> domestic which is insane wow. <laughs> um like one of the biggest openings of all time um and it's so far it's it grossed another it grossed enough now to be at 291 domestic um it's currently 688 worldwide uh, so it's certainly like making that money. Yeah. Um, the the drop is the kind of thing that's expected. It's significantly high, but like not in an alarming way. If it was in like the seventies, that's too, that's high. That's like yeah. wor- that's worrisome. Well, Mor- what's Morbius coming out next week? In, Morbius is in the seventies, for yeah, example. That sucks. Um, is there anything out next week, or or is so it still going to ride? So did the movie. I mean, so you know, no no shame on Morbius. Nah. But, um, um, as far as movies go, well, one of our other contenders here, Downton Abbey, colon, A New Era, huh. uh, opens next weekend, Okay, al- along with uh, A24's Men. Um, right, right. Which is, you know, going to make like $5 million. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't but anticipate uh, Doctor Strange losing number one at the box office, though. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing where rank ultimately doesn't mean much. It's, sure. about, you know, but so the dollars. Yeah. But da- yeah, it's all about the it's all about the the dum 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 dollar bill. Yeah. But uh, Downton Abbey still uh, that's you know it's it's a contender in our contest because mm-hmm. they're frankly I mean regardless of how big of a hit it is the first one did make a hundred million 
it's still like there's not enough movies in the summer for it to like not be dis- not 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 be something to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I myself and several others certainly have it in our generally in the t- number ten slot, if not a dark horse. So sure, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but yeah, so Doctor Strange making it's making money. So um, basically, a lot of people have ten points right now, and some people have seven. A lot of people, have, well, <laughs> well, it's number one. So technically, yeah. So technically, a lot of people have like number two. <laughs> Probably one number two, so that would give us like seven points. Oh, I thought it was 10, 13, 10, 7. Well, because but, it's if yeah. that you have to presume that it's it actually ends up at number two. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> currently speaking. So, so currently, if like the gamble ended right now, we would all it would be at number one. So we'd all be wrong essentially for some. <laughs> some some have it at number one and they'd have 13 points. We there would have go. we would have seven points because we're off by one. No, I'd I'd have like five points because I have it at number three. Yeah, number three, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you'll see. I mean, that drop is pretty big. We'll see what Thor does. I mean, there's. Right. I feel like it's neck and neck right now as far as the potential goes for those two Marvel movies. It's coming. It's, it's like, coming faster than I, than I anticipated. It's already almost end of May. So. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll crazy. Okay, so that's some that's our summer gamble update. Well, thanks uh, for that update. Yeah, we'll be we'll see what we can do as we update this more during the summer. Maybe we have more competitive updates. <laughs> get some more shit talking. Yeah, get yeah, some shit all, talking going. The first week, so. <laughs> it's not as though we can uh, you know really predict anything. Oh, but the, the 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 Downs and Abbey fans of this podcast, they'll have something to say next week. I'm sure. There's a lot of there is a ton of um of uh what do we call it like previews for that going on, and I don't know how I feel about it. So. I, I'm amb- I'm ambivalent because it's like yeah. I didn't watch it, but I have nothing against anybody. Like, it looks think. good. It looks I, I'm sure it's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, from the, the the aesthetic of it, it's like, oh yeah, it looks it looks bright, and you know, everyone's wearing costumes and and uh, big homes. So yeah, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, what else? Uh, new commentary track. Uh, it is the month of May, and Abe, I'm not sure about you, but I have the need, the need <laughs> for speed. And we are going to be recording a Top Gun commentary uh, coming soon. For the bus that wouldn't stop? <laughs> For the bus that wouldn't stop, yeah. But yeah, we will be recording a Top Gun commentary. That'll be coming fairly soon, probably the week of release for Top Gun Maverick. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that should be fun. I hope that I know- you uh, enjoy it because um, I know that you're not a huge fan. I mean, there's there's a lot of mixed thoughts on Top Gun <laughs> out there, but it's certainly an interesting movie to talk about. So. Okay. Um, also, reviews and ratings on iTunes, of course. If you want to search for our show on iTunes for out, out there and Abe, you can find us. You can be like, look at all these episodes. I should write a review and a rating. Do that. That'd be great. Thank you so much in advance. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's get this. Let's get some out now quickies. Trademark. You cannot know we will move that top out with the week. That's what we're on the quickies. Tim, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And no guests around to hear that brilliance mm-hmm. this week. But uh, it doesn't matter. But a few listeners. There's plenty of listeners. Yeah. You got listeners coming out the wazoo. That's right. The what wazoo. is this, a Dario Argento horror movie? Yeah. <laughs> the wazoo. Ah, James Woods is just James Woods is just dying. Hey, have you seen anything recently? I have. I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's called Chunking Express. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's on it's on HBO Max, and my friends and I were talking about it, and I was like, yo, you guys should totally see it. You guys can get a subscription to um, uh, Criterion Collection streaming. Like, well, that's too hard. And then, and then it came onto HBO. That's Max. too hard. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? You don't want to watch good movies uh, from the Janus Collection and other things? But um, it's on it's on HBO Max. And I was like, hey, you guys should totally check it out if you guys have time. 
nobody has replied to my texts, but um, you know, it's nice to know that it's on there and it's, it's, it's like, uh, this would probably be like my fifth or sixth time watching it. It gets, it gets like better progressively as you keep going, which is pretty amazing. I mean, I, I enjoyed that about, about films in general. Um, yeah. It's uh, I meant I brought that up last year when the when the uh, Wong Kar Wai Criterion box set came out. So I was oh, watching yeah. all of his movies, and I mentioned Chicago Express, of course, which is wonderful. It's my like probably tied for first <laughs> as far as favorite Wong yeah. Kar Wai movies go. Uh, but it is brilliant, and yeah, HBO Max has a very large assortment of Criterion titles on there. So I'm 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 surprised by that, but I guess I shouldn't be because it's HBO slash HBO Max. So. Um, but the other thing I started watching, which is also on HBO, is um, it's not a movie though. It's uh, We Own the City. Oh, it is yeah. the um, the new miniseries from David Simon and his co-writer um, about true life uh, Boston or I'm sorry Baltimore Police Department corruption. I've only seen the first episode because I'm kind of like slowly watching it, kind of um, just letting it sit and stew. Mm-hmm. And while I wouldn't say that it's like throwing 99 miles per hour like The Wire was, I will say that there's a lot to really like about it. I mean, there's a lot of things that are still sort of similar. He still has a lot of viewpoints from different people within the city, whether that be local government or the police or, you know, other parts of um, or like the feds kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is just like because it's based on like true event, you're just like, oh, my gosh, man. Like, so there's a lot of. there's a lot of like, wow, these these guys are really took the law into their own hands, kind of thing. But I'm willing to see. I'm went. I'm willing to wait um, to see like a final grade, I guess. But so far, like it's really good. Yeah, Burnthal's pretty great in it. And um, yes, as you'll see, this is not a spoiler because this is part of the show. But mm-hmm. like, it's it plays around with time a lot too as it goes. I, along. Yeah, I've noticed that too. It's really yeah. cool how they use like the the log of like mm-hmm. you know yeah. what Burnthal is doing, or they'll they'll show you the date if it's not Burnthal. But when he's doing it, you're just like. Yeah, this is actually a pretty neat way to show um, the movement of time. Yeah, so you get the the character ensemble as you generally do with a Damon Simon series, but also the kind of the the way it plays against when things were like for certain time periods, what and what versus what they become as right. they evolve over time. Um, but yeah, fairly good series. I mean, really, yeah. I'm all I've seen them all so far. I think it's oh, you in. have okay, cool. It's only three in so far, so yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I do like that about HBO is they do release things weekly, so you do get a chance to consume them either at your own pace, but also at, at HBO's pace. Mm-hmm. But what have you seen? So I've seen a few things, and there's one main thing I'll talk about, but I'll get to that one. So first, I'll bring this up: uh, actor Fred Ward uh, passed away this week. Yes, um, who. I, I was quite the fan of. Uh, he's a great character actor. He's in The Right Stuff, one of my favorite movies of all time. And, um, of course, Tremors. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was in another movie that I really enjoy that I watched this week uh, because I haven't watched it in a while. And I was like, why not? Fred Ward just passed away. Uh, Miami Blues. Um, this is from director George Armitage, who directed Gross Point Blank. Um, it's a 1990 film starring Fred Ward, Alec Baldwin, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, it's a neat little dark comedy about Alec Baldwin being this kind of bad guy that comes to Miami um, and starts causing trouble. He strikes up a relationship with Jennifer Jason Lee's character and eventually encounters Fred Ward, who plays a cop. Um, Fred Ward suspects him of doing certain things, but he can't quite pin it on him. Alec Baldwin eventually proceeds to beat him up, steal his badge and his fake teeth, because why not? Because he's a troublemaker. Um, and then starts posing as a cop around town while Fred Ward's like, I got to find this guy and stop him from doing horrible things around town with my badge and gun. And my uh, teeth. And his teeth, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a neat little dark comedy. I really enjoy it. I think all three actors are very good in it. Young Alec Baldwin, this is 1990, so it's, it's, yeah. it's young Alec Baldwin. He's 
very good. Fred Ward's very good. And Jennifer Jason Lee's like really good in this movie mm-hmm. for like being what could have just been like the third, kind of like the third lead of it. She's like, no, she's also very good in this as well. Um, so yeah, it's, just, it's a solid little movie I like to recommend along with the other more notable uh, Fred Ward titles. Nice, yeah. Um, another movie I saw a couple weeks ago, but it came out this week called, it's called The Innocence. Um, hey, you remember Chronicle, of course. I do, yeah. Um, so that's a film about high school kids that get special powers. This is a movie about like, I want to say like five or six year olds, maybe what? seven that, that get powers uh-huh. and some of, and they just like have them for some reason. They're like telekinesis kind of powers. And some of them use them for like, Hey, we're young and we're just doing weird stuff. That's fun. And but one is like evil with it. Huh. And it becomes this weird struggle of power between like the kids that are, you know, warm hearted versus like one bastard <laughs> just yeah. like, does mean stuff. And it's really disturbing. It's a, I want to say French. Yeah. It's a French film. Huh. Um, it's a it, in, in theme with what we're going to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's a, it's not like it, it's not like a nasty movie because like but it is one where it's like oh, this is disturbing <laughs> like i didn't okay. i didn't know what i signed up for i was just like oh kids get powers okay it's like oh no this is like a real norwegian i, I was way off oh norwegian. norwegian okay i take back my french comment <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a norwegian film. <laughs> those nordic uh, people they're so weird yeah it's it it's solid but it, it just it, anyone going in should just know it's like yeah this has more disturbing stuff than you'd expect from a movie about kids with superpowers <laughs> is it disturbing like on a um like on a, a rated r scary gruesome level no not on a gruesome level necessarily uh-huh. more on like an emotional level because you're like this is so sad what these what some of these kids are doing with oh, their special no. powers it's like you don't like to think about the kind of stuff that they're what was that movie where that where it was like the um if superman had grown up but but evil um oh what's it called um i keep on thinking of a super but that's not right yeah it's, it's, it's produced by james gunn um I forget. what the fuck Oh my god, evil Superman yeah. kid movie. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll I'll stall for time too. <laughs> Brightburn. Brightburn, yeah. Which wasn't got mixed reviews, but you know, I I'm curious about like five or six years, like how far they could take it in a movie, but sounds like they're taking it pretty far. Yeah, that like Brightburn goes hard on the horror aspect uh-huh. of it. Like it work I for me it works better as a horror movie than it does as a what if superhero movie. Sure. Um uh, but I like I liked it more than I didn't. Like I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. It's very, it's worth a watch for sure. But yeah, this mm-hmm. one this will be a fun companion piece if you want to have a dark <laughs> evening. <laughs> and then you, I guess you put on Chronicle at the end to be like, "Oh, it's not Oh, like, they grew know, up. Things, things work out okay." <laughs> kind of except for steve montgomery <laughs> except for a lot of people in that movie but i mean one yeah. of them's like fine so, you know, <laughs> what, a, what a triple feature uh one more i want to mention then i'll get to the yes, main one is please. a movie that can't that premiered at sundance last year so 2021 mm-hmm. that finally came out this week it's called on the count of three starring gerard carmichael and christopher abbott oh and it's uh written and direct i believe it's written and directed by um gerard right by Gerard, yeah. yeah, it is. It's directed by Gerard. He didn't write it, but oh, okay. I'm sure he had a hand in the writing in some degree. But he directed the movie. Um, it's about these two guys. They're be- childhood best friends. Uh, they're going nowhere in life, and they decide that they want to kill. They want to kill themselves. Uh, and they figure, well, it's our last day on Earth. We might as well do whatever the hell we want to because at the end of the day, we're just going to kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a black comedy. <laughs> it's. Um, I don't know if it's changed at all in the year and change since it's come out. 
Mm-hmm. I doubt it. So it seemed like it was pretty finished as, as it was. But regardless, it's solid. Like it's on demand and in select theaters right now. And if like you want to check out, you know, seeing what Gerard Carmichael and Christopher Abbott can do together, uh, they make a good team. There's a good amount of supporting players in here. You have uh, JD Smoove, Henry Winkler, and Tiffany Haddish, among others. Strong um, cast. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know why it took this long for this movie to finally come out. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, between this and Rafaniel, Gerard Carmichael is someone that I, I enjoy. I mean, I, I've already I've already enjoyed him in the past, but like yeah. he's got like a couple of strong things this year that are worth watching. Who's releasing that movie? Uh, it's an Annapurna slash Orion Pictures release. So. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're worth catching if you can. Uh, not to be confused with the movie catch, but we can. Okay, so let's get to this other thing. <laughs> Great score. <laughs> Great score. Terrific. Terrific everything. Terrific everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really, okay. really good rewatch. Yeah. First, yeah, I rewatched it recently. It's, it's so great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so this other thing. Uh, I watched Firestarter. The other movie that came out this week. Yeah, the main release of the week. It premiered yes. on the- in theaters and on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it on Peacock. Okay. Because uh, they stream in 4K. It's nice. Uh, regardless, <laughs> this movie <laughs> is a remake. They're not a sponsor, Aaron. We can't say that. I know, but they have that keep consistently keep finding these on Peacock. It's like this is yeah. underrated. This, this streaming service it, has it, a ter- really it has a terrible UI, um, but <laughs> but I like the service. Itself. Writing this down as a topic for talking about when we talk about you know the update in the streaming wars. Uh, we yeah, this is it. It is a legit topic of conversation. Yeah. Uh, so Firestarter, this is a yes. new take on the Stephen King novel Firestarter. It was it was made originally in 1984 with um, Drew Barrymore, George C. Scott, Martin Sheen. Uh, David Keith, yeah, they had a number of people in there. Uh, this new version uh, has no one on the scale of Drew Barrymore as far as like young stars. Um, someone named Ryan Carroll Armstrong, but it has, of course, Zach Efron as her father, uh, along with uh, Red Foreman himself, Kurtwood Smith, huh. and um, let's see, Gloria Rubin and Michael Gray Eyes, a Native American actor who keeps popping up in things more recently, and he's very good, and he's the best thing about this movie as far as acting goes. Uh, this movie's bad. It's very, very bad. Oof. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> Uh, the original by movie, itself or by or versus the original by itself the original movie also not good I mean yeah, so it's not right. like that's that's the thing it's not like why I was willing to embrace this was like well it's not like the first one's good so if anything this could be better like it could yeah. be an upgrade in some ways but it's just not it's uh it's that's a, a shame it's a Blumhouse production which means that the budget was probably relatively low sure but the problem is you know it's a fairly high concept film but it's basically like the gene gray story but what if it was a stephen king novel right that's that's what this movie is and when you make it very cheap like blumhouse has i'm not saying it's impossible to make a good movie out of a low budget film because obviously they've profited off of this let alone the history of cinema has profited off of this Uh but this is just a bad movie it's just it it looks cheap it's very dull which was an issue i had with the original it's that it's the concept is cool but it's just handled in such a dull way this repeats that somehow they like didn't correct the let's make this exciting part of the movie and it's only 90 minutes it's it's sad how barely 90 or like 90 and then like 10 minutes plus with credits. it's 94 so it's probably 90 okay. without the credits oh wow so it just it just does it just doesn't do anything i don't have anything against zach efron right yeah but he's not good in this like he does he's like playing the dad and just seems like actor playing dad yeah and it's it's sad. I like, have a lot of follow-up questions for you. Uh huh. Well, I, I like to hear them. I can I can probably keep filling in thoughts on this movie as you ask. Yeah, me. yeah. Um, and these are genuine questions here. Um, sure. the book was written like in the eighties. Did they kind of keep like that eighties? Because the movie, the original one with um, uh, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore. was like f- kind of in the same time frame. 
And then when I watched some of the trailers, I was like, why does it feel like they're still keeping like this 80s vibe to it? Well, I have a good answer to that question. Uh-huh. Um, it's that John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, they provided the score for this movie. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the score is terrific because okay. why wouldn't it be? You have John Carpenter and his son and his other creative partner like working on it together. Yeah. It does the job. Like If you want a good horror score, this movie delivers one. That doesn't make the movie good, but hey, right. at least I got a new John Carpenter score out of this. Can't complain. But yes, yeah. it does give it this kind of feel where it's not set in the 80s, but it does like want to like kind of reference the like reference that kind of tone like it's uh-huh. certainly trying to feel like a throwback type of thing mm, interesting and then the other question is uh, is there anything redeeming about it mine is like the score uh michael gray eyes character so he plays okay. he plays like a like an asset that's that's used to you know ideally to bring back the girl like yeah. his idea is to capture the girl and he has to do that by any means necessary which generally means killing anybody that gets in his yeah path. um in the original that's played by george c scott who's also pretty much the best thing about that movie uh-huh. um this is similar they do add a twist to this where george c scott's character in the original he's just like a terrible person that's an assassin where <laughs> this this version um he he um he like he also he has special powers as well yeah um and it's oh yeah so it, it that's an interesting wrinkle Except for the fact that, like, they do nothing with that in this movie. <laughs> there's, there's nothing shame. interesting done with that, um, which is a shame because I, it's the kind of thing where, like, this movie could have anything to say. It's 2022 and it's about a special girl that has abilities that others around her are different from her. And mm-hmm. what, like, there's a lot of like easy material you could easily like turn that into something that matches up to themes of today or anything. Sure. I mean, again, it's during Dean Gray's story. So it's like, you can, I mean, the X-Men have been still telling these kind of stories for uh, eight decades. decades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, this isn't new. And this movie's like, eh, what if we didn't do anything interesting at all and just told a straightforward story about this girl? That came Does it feel like just a remake of the previous one? Yes and no. Like, okay. yes, like the, the poster for the movie itself is obviously evoking the original's poster. Right. It just has Drew Barrymore standing there. Yeah. Like so her hair all frizzy. Yeah, this is the same. Yeah. Um, I would say that it seems like the writer and director, Keith Thomas, directed this. He directed a movie called, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Vigil, um, a Jewish horror movie that I quite enjoyed. Actually, uh, yeah, I think we talked about last year. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a solid one. Um, this, not so much. But it, it feels like they certainly have seen the original in one making this movie. Like, it feels mm-hmm. that way. Uh, there are, like, changes to how things play out. Yeah. Um. I don't know the book, so I don't know if it's more book accurate or not. But regardless, it does feel like a movie that's both taking things from the original film as well as the novel and then doing whatever it else wants to do. A shame. So it kind of just sounds like, uh, uh, you know, like another one of like Stephen King's long novels that didn't really make it. But his short novel or his short novella stuff does make it. I guess so, but it's weird. It's like this doesn't seem like a hard movie to like make good. Like this seems like a pretty hear, standard yeah. premise yeah. to turn. Like I can remember, it's not Stephen King, but remember Upgrade with the Logan yeah. Marshall Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie's solid. It's rock solid. It's, it's a high like concept. nine million bucks too. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty cheap. It's a really simple premise. It gets that job done pretty quickly, and you know it it knocks it out. Yeah. Like, the, if you had oh like, sorry. I don't mind to interrupt, or I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. I also watched uh, Hard oh. Rain. Oh, Hard Rain. I want, I, yeah, I want to talk about that just because you you mentioned like you know a simple premise and a simple solid. Uh-huh. All I wanted to 
to add was that I watched Hard Rain with Morgan Freeman and Christian. He just Lee. wants the money. He just wants the money, <laughs> but the movie just gets started right away. Yeah. Like, it just gets started. There's no like yada, yada, yada. It just goes. And so that's why I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's actually, um, I hear what you're saying with, uh, if you know how the movie should be going and the book is going, mm-hmm. you could just make it go. And instead of like having to infuse it with, seems like a lackluster cast and also maybe like just really poor writing. Yeah, it's just it's just a disaster of a yeah. remake, which is unfortunate. I was hoping for the best. Again, I have nothing yeah. with Zach Efron, but it's like, yeah, why not? Put him in a dad role like this. Right. It works. But yeah, it just kind of amounted to nothing impressive. Is it a forget thing or kind of just like watch it on TV? It, you don't need to bother. I mean, I, Whoa. I, you have like both fire starters are on Peacock right now. Uh-huh. I watched the original earlier in the week. Um, again, just to be like refresh myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, that movie's already not good, but at least that's better. So it's like, just watch that or yeah. anything else that's 90 minutes. That's better. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Hard Rain is a movie I quite dig. That's a movie that, unlike this one, though, is was crazy expensive and a huge flop. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it looks, uh, there's a lot of water. There's a lot of, water's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. It's not cheap. And also, it sounds like they had to like destroy a lot of things. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely dug it for, again, how quickly it gets into everything, but also, some good like uh, double crosses in this movie. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I enjoy it's, it. It's kind of fun at, at points. And a friend of the show, Mark Hoffmeyer, he's all about jet skis in movies. So this has a lot of jet ski action. It really does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Including, uh, you know, it's not a jet ski, but there's like a, a boat engine. Part. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that, that's one of my biggest, uh, you know, irrational fears. <laughs> when am I going to be near the body of water? But, you know, you know. Let alone in a boat like that. But. <laughs> and named Randy Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bummer the town. Starter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bummer of starter, but hey, you know, them's the breaks. Yeah. Okay, so that's how we trademark. So now it's a little bit, it's time for some video game talk uh-huh because <laughs> something New notable segment? <laughs> yeah so yeah aaron's uh we don't have a ton of this aaron's gaming corner <laughs> i don't know but um we you know you and i we both play games um uh, we you definitely more than i but yes. yeah but we you know you you i i get excited when you bring them up yeah um because it's always like something that's like years old i'm like cool you finally played this <laughs> <laughs> this is true but in recent weeks not that I've been gaming more, but there's been more options that seem to be specifically catering to me. <laughs> so I was like, this uh-huh. is really weird. So like, first up, like Lego Star Wars, it's called the Skywalker Saga came out. Finally, that movie was, that game was announced a while ago and then it got delayed, COVID, and then it got delayed again and it finally happened. It was like, oh, great, cool. Now I finally have the Lego Star Wars game, which is all of the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. All, every movie has been, ad- all the, sorry, all the Skywalker Saga movies have been adapted to Legos. They've done it before, but never for like the sequel trilogy. And it's all new and it's designed differently. It's great. If you like Lego games, like it's super funny. It's got a lot of jokes, like good jokes in Star Wars and Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. It's fun. It's good stuff. Then after that, Call of Duty Warzone, which is like the, the free multiplayer version of Call of Duty, as opposed to like the game itself, which is like a story and multiplayer. This is just like, if you want to play Call of Duty and multiplayer only, you can do that for free. But there's like the additional stuff. This they're like, what if we brought in Godzilla versus Kong into Call of Duty? <laughs> so obviously it had my attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, what? What? What did you say? <laughs> Call of Duty? <laughs> you're, you're going to plant Godzilla and Kong into Call of Duty Warzone? So immediately I downloaded Call of Duty Warzone. So I'm like, I don't know how this game works. I need to practice before I have to start dealing with Godzilla and Kong. 
So like, I don't, I'm so out of my depth with Call of Duty. I haven't played in years, but it's like, all right, I got the, I think I got the hang of this. So now it came out this past week, Operation Monarch. So <laughs> oh, the idea is that you're on like this. It's like kind of like Fortnite, except you don't build forts. You're on this mm-hmm. giant island. You parachute in. And once you drop down, it's like you and four squad mates and you're just running around this island trying to like kill other people. And there's like vague objectives that who cares? It's just pick up files or something that doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Just trying to leave you more files. files. What is this predator? Yeah. Dossier. So exact. It's pretty, but like I, <laughs> you're not, you're not wrong. I feel like most of these games are pretty much inspired by predator where it's like, <laughs> yeah, we got to like find some drug cartel or some bullshit, but it's really just an excuse to find stuff and blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I just I'm like, the- I was like, Oh yeah, they found papers and Arnold's like, you set us up. Exactly. No, I like, I'm not like, I feel like the developers that make these games grew up with Predator and, <laughs> and are like, yeah, they're in a jungle and there's stuff, but whatever. Like, let's blow up. Right. Shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get to the fun thing. <laughs> Why is everybody here? Unlimited ammo and, yeah. you know, things to kill. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're on this giant island. You parachute in with your squad mates. You can find other squad people. But the wrinkle now is fucking Godzilla and Kong are on this island. Oh my gosh. And they're. And, and they're they're huge like, oh, yeah, like I was gonna ask, are they huge, giant but like i'm happy with how big they've made them like they've okay. made them the reasonably big size so you're on this island you're running around as you would normally do in this game except now on one side of the island is kong like jumping <laughs> all over the island and throwing rocks at the ground so you have to be like on your you got to be on your six because you're like oh my god is there yeah. like rocks coming at me and then on the other side of the island emerging out of the water now and again is godzilla who like blasts his heat this is like a nightmare map it it's crazy <laughs> like it's, are you supposed you to know. survive this yeah or are you supposed to just like, kill the people that you're like you can't kill the titans obviously right like, they're okay. gonna do what they do so yeah you're just fighting oh, very fascinating then and it's basically like whoever like I, I think there's like a time limit so it's like whoever's like still alive at the end yeah. of the time limit uh, that's like the winner. There's like way, they, okay. they like decrease the boundaries of the map over time where like gas comes in so you can only go certain parts of the island. Right. And then you still have Godzilla and Kong and like Godzilla's blasting his heat ray and Kong's throwing rocks and stuff. Yeah. And you can like, and this like, I haven't played Call of Duty in so long. There's like all these crazy stuff now. You can like get in planes and fly planes around the islands. Like what? This is this still Call of Duty? Um, you can Pretty damage the Titans. You can damage the Titans and that will give you bonuses and things like that. So you can unlock the, cool You shoot Godzilla the head and like his like a coin pops out it doesn't pop out but like it does on your on your on your uh your gooey like you know know, things will pop up like you unlock this and this and monarch files and it's like okay cool monarch files i'm not gonna read that (laughs) (laughs) nobody's had time for the real backstory yeah so it's like you know i'm digging this yeah it's only around for like two weeks so that's like i guess i'll play this ultra limited release exactly so it's like well Sure, it cost me a hundred gigs to download on my PlayStation Five, but okay, I'll de- I'll delete it. And you, yeah, I was like, you can delete that. And you're I will. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. So then after that, as if there weren't enough games that I'm playing in the limited time I had to play games, uh-huh. uh, Sam Raimi's like, you know what? Not only do I have a movie out, I also have a new Evil Dead the game coming out as well. <laughs> it's like what? There's a new Evil Dead game. Sam's definitely following your tweets. Feature featuring Bruce Campbell because he always plays Ash. He always voices Ash, no matter what. Uh-huh. So there's been Evil Dead games in the past, and they're all quite good. Mainly because it seems like the people that love Evil Dead are the go- people that also game, and they're like, well, if we want to make Evil Dead, we want to make a good game out of it. So they yeah. always get they always get Bruce Campbell, so he always voices Ash. So that's always a plus right there. So this latest version 
it's insane to me that like Evil Dead went from like this cheap horror film that like scrapped by and got this huge yeah. following, literally like, using like pieces of two by fours to make camera, yeah, to put on camera moves, yeah, to being like this insanely wonderfully graphic like out next gen game where nice. you're like all the details of the cabin and everything are like in the game. It's an asymmetrical PvP game, which means that it's four v one. Okay, so so there's four squad mates. Uh, who are all different various characters from the Evil Dead movies and Ash versus Evil Dead the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's they're different like types as well. So you have four different types of Ash you can play as, as well as different characters from each movie as well. So like if you, if, so if everybody wants to be Ash, they can. There's just the, the different, different movies, versions, the different versions yeah. of them, which is kind of neat because they have different looks because right. you know he got older, <laughs> so it's like they look different. Uh, but it's it's four ver- four like hero characters versus one. Versus basically the army of darkness mm-hmm. where the, the other player would control like the camera, like the first person camera that roams oh, around. Pretty the, cool. It's pretty neat. And they like set up traps and ghoulish things to pop out at people and attack them. And like, you're like, as the hero people, your goal is to collect pieces of a map. And then you find the Necronomicon, the, the yeah. dagger of the dead. And you like find all those pieces and just fight off a bunch of armies. It's super cool. Like, you know what this like, sounds like? Have you, have you played the Friday the 13th game? It's like, it's exactly like that. It's okay. like that. Yeah. Or the, there was a predator game that came out. That's like that also where you're either four commandos you're or predator. Or predator. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. This it, sounds really fun. Cause I, I, I haven't played that Friday the 13th game. It's, mm-hmm. it's like three years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've seen people playing it and I was like, this is really cool. To like set up around Camp Crystal Lake and set up yeah. as like these these uh, characters in the movie, and then one person is Jason and just gonna come and try yeah. and do stuff. But to stop him, you have to like you know do various things. So I this might is... have to go check out like some gameplay of this. Yeah, this is pretty cool, and it's Evil Dead, so it's like inherently funny because you have uh-huh. Campbell or the other characters like they're all you know shouting out quips and stuff, which is fun, yeah. and it's incredibly gory because again, it's Evil Dead. And it's and it's like surprisingly scary. <laughs> like it's it knows how to like freak you out. Like it captures all the like every cat. Like there's there's the cabin obviously, but it's a huge map, much like the Call of Duty thing. So it's like mm-hmm. a giant world that's all like creeks and cabins and bumps in the night. Really and fun, and it's dark. Yeah, and <laughs> and you have like a fear meter. So like if you're on your own for too long away from your squad mates, your fear like racks up so like the noises get louder yeah and like, it's like really creepy and you can get possessed by the other guy that's playing as the demons that's it's it's wild. hilarious <laughs> and it's like it's pretty simple as far as the gameplay go because it's right. like it's all like chainsaws or shovels and then like your boomstick or a pistol like they're really simple yeah. weapons because you're, you're not like commando army squad guys you're just like you know a dude in the forest so yeah. it's like you're not gonna have elaborate weapons yeah he's gonna have like a shotgun this isn't arnold and his commandos <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. jesse ventura's so, yeah. not there so yeah i just needed to point out this like ridiculous onslaught is, is that on pc games. only that I, it's on playstation i'm on, okay. I'm on PlayStation, playstation guys so okay. it's like i think it's on all it's it's cross all, so all, all platforms multiple consoles yeah so got it's, it uh, it's just wild. There's like all these like nerd properties that are like I mean, nerd properties that are, that are like getting video game treatments. Well, what's really fun about that too, in, in large part, is like everything that everybody that is designing video games and or like greenlighting video games right now are people who are like around our age who grew up with these things. So it's yeah. like we have the technology now to do it too. We're just like, hey, remember that one thing that we really liked? Yeah, Turtles in Time. Let's go remake that that game. 
or whatever, you know. Which so, they've done a couple times. Yeah, and there's, there, like, there's actually and there's one a, that's going to be released soon. Yeah, it's it's every Turtles game ever made, like in one package. Oh like, wow, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> I was thinking of like uh, uh, like the the new one that's like Attack on a Shredder or something, uh, Attack on the Shredder or something like that, which looks like a 1990s like arcade game style. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure that's what it because it's a package that has every Turtles game. So it's ah, like, okay, oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, for the most part, I, my point is just it. It feels as though everybody who is, you know in charge of designing or like in charge of ideas right now is again, people that, that we grew up with, which is why I know that you don't watch as much as I do, but like a lot of like these quote unquote kid cartoons uh-huh. are really fun. Like they're really like deep and emotional, but also like there's a lot of references to things that you and I would know. So things like um, uh, adventure time or things like um, the one with the mystery check. I can't remember the name right now off the top of my head, um, but I'm trying to remember. Uh, which one? It's it's, with Grunkle Stan and the two twins, uh, Mabel and Dipper Pines. And I can't remember the name of the show. It's up in Oregon, but it's made by um, uh, Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Yeah. It's, I was going to say it's made by John Ritter's son, uh, but I don't think it's, it's John Ritter's son. But in any case, it's there's just a lot of like really cool things coming out. Uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait for like whatever else comes out because um, it's, it's going to be like a nostalgia trip, but also, you know, there's like, Again, technology has advanced in such a way that allows us to do really cool things with video games or um, things that haven't really been done before, like with concepts of video games. So it's that's another fun like discussion we could have about like yeah. legacy sequels versus putting that into the gaming world, where I do think it it's it feels better in a game version as opposed to getting decades later sequels to things that don't necessarily require them just for the yeah. sake of nostalgia. It's like, well, it's a game, so it's like already there's an interaction factor that makes a level of sense to me opposed to being like well it's old and people like it from the 80s so why not make another movie (laughs) and also you you know what these games get better reviews than these uh that's the thing too and you can like if you told me beetlejuice 2 was coming out i'd be like why what the fuck are you gonna do with beetlejuice 2 but if you told me it better be good is is... but but if you told me there was beetlejuice the game coming out i'd be like yeah why not like i want to know what that is right (laughs) i i want to go pretend to be that office lady and in the other world yeah if you're just roaming around the world of the dead yeah <laughs> like, you're duck, just like duck, yeah you're ducking like... sandworms and voodoo guys like <laughs> being that. followed around by the football team yeah exactly. that you're the coach yeah you unlock your special meter and it's just playing harry belafonte songs <laughs> <laughs> that licensing's gonna be crazy <laughs> we should pitch this right away before somebody else snaps this <laughs> yeah up who's listening bungee are you guys still out there yeah but exactly bungee presents anymore. beetlejuice the game right <laughs> Uh, and then that gets adapted to a Paramount Plus TV show. <laughs> Back to the streaming wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was some game time. That was a good. That was a good chat. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Petite Maman. <laughs> Cherche à cacher les secrets. C'est juste qu'on a personne à qui les dire. 
Je vous écoute. That should have been some of the trailer for Petite Maman. Following the success of the highly acclaimed Portrait of a Lady on Fire, director Celine Siama has gone an entirely different direction by delivering a coming-of-age fantasy drama about a motherly bonding uh, with a twist. Eight-year-old Nellie has just lost her grandmother, and while helping cleaning out her mother's childhood home, she meets another girl her age who is building a fort. A friendship forms, and we slowly begin to learn what's really taking place. Spoilers, nothing bad. Abe. <laughs> Thank you for that spoiler. I know, because you know, sometimes people get worried. Like, what's right. going to happen? Abe, this film premiered at the 2021 Berlin International Film Festival and has toured ever since. Mm-hmm. Were you happy to finally see this film in theaters? I was. Um, I think that there's like a really nice simplicity about this story here. But beyond the story, I, I really like Celine. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed his portrait of a lady on fire. I thought it was like a terrific movie. One that was much more, obviously, um, more like full-bodied than this one mm-hmm. um, with, you know, more complexity and, and character complexities. This one, I really enjoyed it for, I think, what you were seeing displayed because what you just mentioned there with like the, the spoiler warning of just nothing bad happens, like nothing bad does happen. Like this is a really intimate story about, I guess you could say grieving uh, and also like um, trying to like forgive yourself. Um, I enjoyed that there are aspects of this movie that really uh, were kid friendly and kid centric. Like the way that she directs, I, I, uh, I don't know which one is which. Who's playing Nelly? Josephine. Just the way that she directs Josephine to just be like, hey, you're strong, independent, and smart. Um, and you know, things are happening here and you can like verbalize them too. That's a really fun thing because sometimes you see these children who she's eight years old in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you see these children kind of being treated like as like toddlers kind of thing. And it's like, that's just not fun when you have such a uh, like this parental thing viewed or i'm sorry like this this like adult direction on these children it's like no but this one's just played as hey by the way you're like this catalyst for um or you're not even kind of you're a conduit for like your your mother and also like um what of what's happening like in the woods with like your friend that you meet um and you're not afraid like you're just really trying to figure out like how this can last and also uh, how it can bring some sort of like semblance of uh, closure uh, for you and for your mom. So it, it's really sweet. And I really, I, it, to some degree, I wish that it was maybe a little bit more complex and a little bit more like um, a little bit longer, but also I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And also um, I really enjoyed like the third act uh, quite a bit where um, things are more revealed and, you have much more of an interaction between the two and, and sort of like what happens there. But like for the most part, it's um, it almost could be a fairy tale that you, that, that uh, people told um, themselves like as children or parents told their children. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I certainly, I certainly do feel as though it kind of just stands on its own as the story about, it's not even about growing up. It's just really just about like, um, saying goodbye to some degree so and acceptance so yeah, yeah mortality is certainly a big theme in this film i mean based off i mean the very setup of what's going on as far as sure. the is passing yeah. um and then like the nature of like motherhood you know, right play. certainly um, the mother part yeah but yeah. how about you i i really enjoyed this film as well um i saw it last year i think during the mm-hmm. tiff film festival but also but then i watched it again recently because why not it's very good and i want to watch it again um and it's also like 70 minutes like it's not a long yeah movie um it 
does the job really well as far as what I think it's going for. Like where it does have this, you mentioned like fan, like it, it has like a, there's a magical realism element in it. Like right. it's, and I, I, we don't need to necessarily get into what that is, but I was so surprised by what this turned out to be because I walked in not knowing anything about it. Like I mm-hmm. just, I was going off of the image of these two little girls uh, and a fort. And it's like, okay, let's see what this, let's see what you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just really delighted by how it revealed itself over time. It, it, you have this really strong performance from, I mean, both these little girls are very strong, but sure. obviously the, the Nelly character, yes, Josephine Sons, um, she's given like the bulk of the stuff to do here. And she's very good. Um, you learn a lot about this character and this the family dynamic without much dialogue at all and it, it it's it's intriguing to see like how directors can use child actors and how to make them feel natural yeah and there's a lot of times where it comes off to um conscientious or what's the word uh, precocious mm-hmm. and it's like yeah okay like you're, you're not bad but it's like it's that kind of a stock type of part where right some directors are very good at getting what feel like authentic children performances spielberg is like a height like a highlight example of this as far mm-hmm. as like people that can get great children performances but the, you know this one you do get like these interesting interactions between these two little girls and like and how nelly responds to certain things or what have you and it just i like that it it's not overcomplicated uh, as we said it's only 70 minutes long and there's no antagonist of any kind it's just mm-hmm. a movie about you know a, a section of life that happened to be enhanced by another kind of quality that emerges and you think oh that's neat what's this going to be <laughs> and you learn what you need to do or what you need and come away with a feeling like well there's stuff here as far as what these characters have gone through and i overall feel like okay that's that's just a nice piece of cinema <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. uh, it's just very effective uh great looking film uh it has this really nice autumnal look to it uh that right. i quite enjoyed um the kind of the color palette and everything mm-hmm. um it makes the most out of the kind of limited area that it's exploring um and has some neat tricks as far as how it pulls off the kind of magical element that's mm-hmm. kind of embedded in this film. So no, I was I was a big fan. I, I I really enjoyed what this one had to offer. Um I you know, being simple is certainly not a bad thing, and this movie really knows how to make the most of the of what it's trying to do here. Yeah. I want to go back to you what you were talking about with like the direction of child actors and, and whatever too. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what I was kind of keying in on with um this movie compared to Portrait of a Lady on Fire, because Celine has, again, directed adults uh, in that movie in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and she directs them very well, right? Um, and it's very thoughtful and, prov- or, and very thoughtful and, and um, like deliberate in the way that it's going. I would say that this one is also deliberate in the way that the pacing goes and and also uh, what is being said. Um, but also, obviously, like, you know, uh, tricks within the camera as well, being deliberate. But again, like, Celine, kudos to what you just mentioned. Like, I, I really dug that she was just letting these kids play kids um and mm-hmm. again not to like nobody says the human head weighs 10 pounds 12 pounds um and then also like <laughs> nobody nobody is also like oh well now like let me go get like oh, let's pretend to gear for battle and like go and fight everything because we're like the last person that can stop you know this this nefarious thing nothing nefarious in this movie at all but yeah it's not the atom project <laughs> which I, I did not see but yeah i'm sure that it wasn't very good um, but yeah, I, I certainly enjoyed that. It's not just the interactions between, um, like her friend in the woods, um, who's named, uh, Marion, 
but it's also like the interaction between her mom and her dad like it like there's a lot of like warm fuzzy feelings in this movie and not all the time because it, it does deal with what aaron mentioned of like death then and um moving on and and what i mentioned of like saying farewell but it certainly has like some warm fuzzy feelings like i i really i had a huge smile like when she's like feeding her mom cheetos and then gives her like a little sip of her her juice um and then i really like that sequence where her dad is cutting his beard and she's just helping him out and then like there's like really like small like subtle things like she gives him like a little smile at the end of that there's just really like well-directed things and these things are not things that uh, people really particularly would be like oh wow you know like did you notice that like x y or z it's like these are like really small things that good directors would be like or directors that really care for these small pet projects would be like i'd like for you to try and do this or something like that it's like it's just really well crafted yeah i mean i i've said as much and i agree with you i think there's a nice sense of place to this um you you get this lived in feeling to this you know small area that you're surrounded by and you have just enough information to go on as far as who these characters are right it just it uh it it comes together nicely but Mm -hmm. i mean there's (laughs) as far as like what it's trying to be about um or like what it's what it's going for i know you've you've addressed this already as far as there's kind of a not like a somberness but there's certainly a, a melancholy like i don't know if those are two similar words but like there's certainly a kind of a you know where you're coming into this knowing that these characters are going through a certain kind of grief and maybe a cathartic release as far as you know going to the 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 grandmother's house and you know cleaning it out and what have you right and it's the fact that the movie takes on this extra turn as far as like how nelly is able to learn more about um where she's where she's coming where her parents are coming from or where mm-hmm. her mother's coming from what have you it's I'm being so vague it's neat to see <laughs> it, it's neat to see like how this film chooses to explore that idea um and how that still feels informed by the the nature of this this place and how you know we're set in a certain time period but you get an idea of what things used to be like and it's like well it's not too far off from right from what certain things are and it's there's a level of comfort i feel like the characters all that each of the important characters gain from the knowledge they're coming to understand based off the interactions together yeah and that sort of like goes into maybe something that i didn't think worked as well and a lot of things worked well it's just more of i mentioned earlier that maybe i wish that it was a little bit longer or yeah um, had uh more like um it even had like more sweetness to it, but just more of it would be cool if there was more dialogue here and there. Um, because as much as I do like films that kind of let you be in the moment with the movie, um, I certainly would like some more exploration. But this is also from the point of view of like an eight year old, um, which we also got a different point of view of another eight year old from last year with um, Belfast, um, mm-hmm. which won best original screenplay for whatever reason but um, (laughs) yeah but you know whereas like that one just feels like it it's it had too much going on and this one feels like i I think it's like the right amount but i definitely would have would have taken more if it gave me more too but you know like i i think often back to portrait of a late on fire that ending scene of Mm -hmm. of uh 
like i guess it's a ball but also like an unveiling of some kind of some kind sure i'm just like that scene makes me so sad um and it just sits there with you for like you know x amount of time but there's nothing being said and this one too i'm just like yeah i, I definitely know what celine's going for and it does it does work but at some times i was like i wish that there was more dialogue because i don't think that any of these people are are bad uh, again not even like in an unfair way more just like there's no bad people in this movie more i would love to hear more like what the dad thinks about um their family or like previously maybe like some mom stuff but i do enjoy that nelly is our driving force with them behind all this because she's um a really good a uh, she's a really good um person and kid and also like a good vehicle for you to be like to really get behind and root for i, I think you're speaking to why the movie has isn't isn't delving further into certain things because you are yeah. using Nelly as the pers- you know the the POV character so mm-hmm. it's you're going to get what you're going to get from her specifically that said you're I'm not saying you're wrong um I I agree with you I do think there is a way to flesh this out further and it it relies a lot on economical filmmaking as sure. far as showing what's absolutely needed with no with no fat which is why yeah. it's 70 minutes and not 90 um would I appreciate that 90 to have that extra you know shoe leather hanging on this film that just delves you into this world a bit more maybe maybe you know maybe there's some good stuff there that we didn't get a chance to see on that you know i don't know but as mm-hmm. it stands it's like i like the film plenty yeah could it could it have been expanded uh perhaps but you mentioned belfast and that's a movie where now to be clear i don't dislike belfast i think it's fine but it is a I'm, movie i'm where, probably there too <laughs> but it like there's too much good stuff in it for me to be like this is crap but like it is a very <laughs> yeah. i it's a it's a movie that tells me what it is very clearly. Where this yeah. movie, I do think, you discover what it is, which I appreciate. Yeah, Belfast. Among my issues is that as much as Kenneth Branagh certainly seems energetic in his direction, it feels like every chance he takes to do something with the camera, he does it, and that gives no rhyme or reason to the film having those choices. It, it feels like I I'm over directing this because I can, and isn't this wacky that my camera angles did this and this scene and then did this another scene? It's like yeah, all right, cool, slow-mo and stuff, great, it, black and white, wonderful. This movie, there's a real, like, necessity to why we're seeing things the way we are that I appreciate. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the best directed thing I've ever seen, right? Or, but but I do think there feels like there's a thought behind every shot chosen that applies to the themes of the movie that we're watching. Yeah. And that's something I can appreciate very much in any kind of film, where there's there's choices, be, there's deliberate choices being made that that reflect the movie i'm watching another random example i can choose to ambulance mm-hmm. that's like regardless of how much you like ambulance every yes. shot in that movie michael bay made that shot for a reason that reflects on the movie he's making <laughs> like, that's, that's an excellent point yeah and, and that's why i think that your point about like hey this is like a 70 minute movie versus like a longer movie it's really just because like there's there's no wasted stroke here you know what i mean like all the paint brushes are there this is the painting that that celine has put out and yeah, there's just like, oh, she didn't have to add like extra clouds or whatever else because I agree with you on the Belfast comment too um, of the way that that it, uh, it directed and also like the script and whatever else. But I, I certainly um, find this to be like, in, in there's a term uh, for food, um, which is going to slip my mind right now, but it's like for um, like a small bite. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, not a nibble. No, it's. <laughs> um, 
I can't remember the name of it right now. I, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll just randomly blast it out later in the show. But essentially, like, it's that. Like, when you're at, like, a dining restaurant or whatever else, like, they just give you, like, um, it's not even a tasting portion. It's just, they call it, like, petite something. And it's, like, that's perfectly it. Like, it's just, it's, like, this this size thing that the chef has said, like, this is all that I'm making for you. Mm-hmm. That's the, it's not the only dish, but you get other dishes that are also, like, that small. It's just, like, it's because it's so full of flavor and it's packed with all, all these other things. Like, I don't need to crowd everything with, like, the, the food that you're going to eat right now. If you eat it, then you should enjoy it. Um, and, you know, there's like really not a need to ask for more because it's like it's either super rich or like, you know, it's like enough kind of thing. Um, so it's it, I kind of feel the same way about this, which is, you know, 70 minutes, 73 minutes. I guess you want to be generous, um, but it's yeah, it's it, it is what it is. I would also I just want to make a comment about the lighting in this movie. You mentioned like autumnal autumnal. Um, uh, looks and it's like the lighting of this movie is incredible <laughs> like yeah like, like good job i don't know if it was like natural lighting or if it was just like they did shoot at like you know sunset every day but the lighting is very very good in these scenes and i i really enjoyed like that aspect of it of just um the sunlight coming in from the, the window but it has you know a tree in the way so it creates these shadows in the room and they're talking about you know, life or like they're doing like a play, a production of a play. And it's like, this is really like uh, really good lighting. So again, from a movie making standpoint, like everything is, is very well done. Yeah. I very much agree as far as a, on a, just a technical level for a small movie like this uh, that doesn't stop it from, you know, compared to Firestarter that doesn't stop this movie from looking pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Let's see. I, I mentioned I brought this up to you in our in our notes for this episode that there's a there Neon has put out an illustration book that basically yeah, adapts yes, adapts this adapts this story into like a 32, 34 page um illustrated novel. Um I, I'm curious what that looks like, but I do wonder I, I, I'd be curious if this I'm sure it does, like if it plays well as a kind of a like a child's bedtime story type thing. I'm I'm curious how that would play out in, in this form. Uh, I did think that was interesting that it exists to begin mm-hmm. with. Did that, that was post, right? Yeah, it became out. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like adapted from that or something like that. Right. Yeah, it came out like in addition to this movie. They're like, hey, what if we made an illustration book and put that out? So. Got it. Because if it was like something larger, I'd be like, uh, or if it was adapted from that, I was like, wow, they, they really took, um, they did a good job adapting this into like this serious tone movie. So, yeah. So I just thought that was a neat addition as far as like ways to promote this film goes. Like, yeah, what if you created a kid's novel out of it, basically? Yeah, I also um, uh, amuse bouche. That's what. Ah, okay, there it is. Amuse bouche, and so it's like that's the thing where it's like, hey, like here's like this, you know, plated food for you, but it's not like a, it's not like a seventy two ounce steak or steak or seventy two ounces is a huge amount. It's like, yeah, it's not like a a huge like steak or whatever. It's actually just like this small like yeah portion of something yeah i, I know what a, a moose bouche is yeah that's... yeah it's like that that's really what this feels like and you know mm-hmm. apropos for like you know being french and all that stuff too but um yeah in any case um uh you have a question here that I, i'd love to kind of get to but i don't know if you're gonna get to it right now which one <laughs> the, the callback one but feel free to, to well yeah we'll get to that callback in a, okay. in a second here but i do want to ask you a, a fairly straightforward question yeah um this is coming out from neon as mentioned um yes. we have t- you know we there's a number of like smaller studios that put out films 
um, that, you know, are various qualities or what have you. But, you know, the two high profile ones do seem to be these days Neon and A24. Mm-hmm. And while there's not like a discernible difference between these studios, they're just studios that put out, you know, smaller movies. Is there a preference that you have between these two? So this is a good question, and thanks for writing it, because I went to go look up the Neon releases, and I also went to go look up the A24 releases. Like, I still prefer the A24 releases, and I still prefer, prefer like, even this year, uh, there's two of them that have been released, uh, After Yang and also Everything Everywhere All at Once, which are very, like, they they might make it on my, my top 10 list at the end of the year. Um, Neon is not bad, but I, I certainly looked at Neon, and I was like, okay, I, I certainly, I actually do like the um the it feels like they're doing more of like not not reach but what's like a different word for reach like they're they're certainly doing more like um uh like where they're going for the gusto but i can't prestige prestige but also like it's like they're just like more it's like a bolder choice sometimes bolder so it's like sometimes like a bolder choice for a movie that i would never have thought of but you know um i still i'm i'm kind of on the a24 train but what about you I mean, overall, probably A24 just because they've had a longer time at bat, basically, to put together different kinds of projects. I, I do think that there's a there you can there's a, a stereotypical A24 film at this point where you can yeah. kind of like identify qualities that immediately think make you think, oh, that's what an A24 film looks like. I don't think Neon is at that same level just because there is a. You know, there's a diversity in their projects. They do have things that range from documentaries to lots of international features to obviously the smaller features. I mean, they have a, they have a best picture. They have they have Parasite. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, like Neon, certainly no slouch in this. They have a lot of great films that have come out recently. But I do think A24 overall, as far as their film libraries are concerned, for the time being, yeah, A24 is the one where I'm like. I, I look at that list and think there's a lot of fantastic films that I really enjoy here. Um, with, with that in mind, either of these logos come up and I'm thinking, okay, I'm in good company already. Like right. the, my, regardless of my anticipation, there's a, a sure, there's a quality assurance that I can rely on to some degree uh, that I can't say the same for other studios, which is that's a good thing to have if you're a studio that's putting out a consistent level of work. Right. Um, you know, that doesn't mean every movie they do is perfect. But, you know, going into it, if I randomly saw something I never heard of, but that logo popped up, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I, I don't need to be apprehensive. I could be like, okay, looking forward to this. Let's see right. what this is. Yeah, there was a movie recently, and this is in not for AT4 Neon, but it's for Janice. There's a movie. Oh, it was uh, Drive My Car. <laughs> I was watching oh, Drive yeah. My Car and, uh-huh. you know, I didn't know who released it or distributed it. I just had heard about it. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the Janice logo show up at my screen. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's going to work out for you when you have Janice. <laughs> <laughs> when there's like Criterion's already got dibs. <laughs> like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I'm in for uh, a good time here. And I hope that everyone at my screening also enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's see. Let's 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 go to the callback. So we so you know on this show, <laughs> we yeah. used to do a thing called movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Where we uh, would go over, we would based on our thoughts on the movie we just reviewed, we would talk about briefly some movies that we thought of that remind yeah. that we were reminded of by watching this current movie. And I certainly felt as though this is an appropriate question that you wrote down, just because, um, like you and I didn't, we, we tried very heavily not to go into any spoilers, so we spoke in a lot of generalities. I think mm-hmm. this kind of helps us express 
other things. Mm-hmm. Sure. So with that in mind, Abe, were there any specific movies that you thought of? Yeah, two. I mean, obviously there's like a few others too, but I, I don't think those really fit in the same category because some of them are a little bit more like, they're not like supernatural, but they're a little bit more like in your head kind of thing. And this is not in somebody's head. Um, but I, th- I certainly thought of um, one, the Florida project, but more specifically like the ending of the Florida project. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I also thought of the father and mostly just because of transitions within the father mm-hmm. um, and the film editing and what they did there, uh, which I thought was, I think that you and I agree. It was very neat. Um, I don't know if they won anything for it, but it was certainly something to behold when you're watching the father, the father. Well, one best. Act. With, yeah, that's true. One best. Actor, but I don't know if it won like for um, editing, right? It was up for a few. It was up for a lot. It was up for like six. Um, yeah. But in I, any case, like those two, like the Florida project specifically, just like the friend relationship, especially toward the end there where it gets a little bit like off the rails um, before the movie ends. And then the father for, for the editing, because I think that there was like some really good transitions in this movie where it wasn't to confuse me. It was actually just more because there's a familiar tone or the familiar, familiar setting um, in this movie for, for everything that they're doing. Screenplay, you know, one for um, and as well. best actor. Well, yeah, one best actor in screenplay. It was up for editing, obviously, because the yeah. editing's fantastic in it. But Sound of Metal, uh, one, which was another good, it was a good year for editing. Yeah, <laughs> um, so dude, uh, I got a couple here. Uh, one we we mentioned this, I believe, on last week's show, um, certified copy, um, okay, a, a very, a very good film with Julia Binoche, um, which, um, these aren't one for ones, but there's right. certainly there's a there's a way that 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 this movie plays with reality uh, that certified copy does as well without mm-hmm. like explicitly telling you what's going on um and that that I, I couldn't not think of that while watching this movie because probably because we just brought it up on the podcast I'm like this is a lot like certified copy in certain <laughs> ways uh, but the other uh one which I was proud that I thought of this and then read the press notes and realized that Celine Siaba also had this as a key reference for her uh-huh. Uh, Miyazaki films, uh, specifically My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away. Uh, Those are are good references. And they were very much on her mind, apparently. I was like, I I totally keyed into this uh, because it, in a lot of ways, you could say Petite My Mom is like watching live action anime. I mean, it's obviously not like, you know, done in a broad or over the top or extreme sense, Mm -hmm. but in terms of like what Miyazaki delivers, where you know, there's a heightened reality to an extent, but it's still grounded in some kind of realism. You know, you've made me love this movie now. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm seeing a lot of parallels now. I'm like, yeah. I really dig. Like, oh, wow, there, there's like a lot to really like when you mentioned Miyazaki. Now, I'm just like, yeah, I, I see it. I think if you key into that, yeah, I think that really. I was, I was so shocked when I saw, I saw the, the notes of like, oh wow, we were on the same. She, she certainly got this idea down. Same because, way, you know, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Totoro and Spirit Away specifically, I think those are, you know, obviously again not one to ones, but like right. the kind of sense of innocence that you're getting through this, and obviously the magical realism element that comes into right. play. But just and like Totoro, like yeah no there's not a giant totoro walking around but there is like this sense of play and that's sure. mat that's matched with the kind of you know melancholy emotion that's that's happening based on like the situations that are you know that we're experiencing with these characters so yeah th- those those came to mind um really good callbacks like, <laughs> really good now and i might have to go watch um petit Maman again uh with that in mind it's neons it'll come to like stream it'll come to one of the streaming services yeah, i was like i don't know who quickly. has neon stuff but yeah probably hulu yeah 
Yeah, actually, probably Hulu. <laughs> so that, that's where um, that's they get where they get a lot of yeah, they got, yeah. Pretty sure they get all neon stuff. So yeah, yeah. you'll be you'll be in luck. I'm Hopefully sure soon. That, yeah. Press, press finger for your crest. Well, this movie is playing in very limited release, um, and it's been a couple of weeks since it came out. But hey, right. when when should people see this movie? Uh, I would say theaters. I mean, this is a movie that I really enjoyed. I don't know if it's going to be like top 10 of the year necessarily, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like top 15 or something like that. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy this movie as well. I think it's pretty wonderfully made and it is nice to have, you know, obviously we're taking like a break between blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And regardless, it is just nice to have films that don't aspire to, you know, save the world or have drastic stakes involving, you know, protagonists and antagonists. It's just like, some, you know, it's a slice of life. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, with whatever you know, bonus elements it has here, and I think this movie does a great job of that. So yeah, to a theater, a theater watch for sure, if that was possible for yeah. anybody in the, it's, the region. It's already like starting to uh, recess uh, in its um, theater, so you know, yeah. check it out as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's a that's that's all we had planned <laughs> for, for this week's bonus episode, and this has been fun. I've enjoyed it this. It has been good. Yeah, I am glad that we both had a good time watching. Uh, this little movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next week, uh, Alex Garland's Men from A24 arrives in theaters. And uh, we will be discussing that in some capacity. Uh, I know there's a couple other releases, too, um, that are, you know, that'll probably come up. One is Disney Plus's release of Rescue Rangers. I can't wait. Which I'm, I know. I think we're both really excited to watch this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if it was coming out in theaters, I might have put it as a Dark Horse. I, yeah. Shell. I, I'd, be, I'd go higher than Dark Horse if it came out in theaters. I'm surprised that it's not a theatrical release. It just looks like it looks like it looks like the first Lonely Island movie that would be a success in theaters. Oh, is it Lonely Island produced? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that they were just like in it. I thought like it was just Andy Samberg, but Disney stuff. But... I believe it's a. I I believe it's a. Like it has their. Um... It's gonna have like the logo show up. <laughs> I hope so. The the Lonely, Lonely Island classics. Yeah, Disney Plus, <laughs> and then like Lonely Island classics. <laughs> Let me make sure of that because I'm very curious. I'm pretty sure it is though. Um... I mean, that'd be that's a big win for the Lonely Island boys. I, mean, I was just in Berkeley today, so you know I feel really connected. I mean, Akiva Shaper is directing it. Um, oh wow! Okay, I don't see the specifically that brand on it. Sure, it might be, might just be limited because it's not out yet, but we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they all three worked on it. Though. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they, they all three worked on it. For yeah. sure, so. I mean, there are writing partners, but also if Akiva directed it, then they're probably all three going to be in it somehow. Larry Fong shot it. He's a great cinematographer. Larry this Fong, is... yeah, he he shot. What did he shoot recently? He just got nominated, didn't he? He did. Uh, B- he's 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 JJ's guy, and he also did BBS and and Skull Island. Yeah, um, he's a he's a big visual guy. Regardless, obviously, we're way more excited about Rescue Rangers than the next Alex Garland. <laughs> 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 I just watched both his movies too, X Clock, you know, and Annihilation again. It's like these are excellent. Um, so I'm like really, I'm excited to see Ben also, but like Rescue Rangers guys. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, so, so check it out. Guys- so those come out. Um, the, the another Sundance hit, Emergency, comes out in the theaters this coming weekend. Then it goes to Prime the weekend after. Emergency is this? Yeah. Uh, what's the premise of this? It's like what if super bad, but the characters were black and real world consequences were involved also. Oh no! Yeah, it's uh, it's I I'll I'll be excited to talk about it with you if you get to see okay. it at some point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so pr- another bonus episode coming next week where men's going to be talking about for sure. Rescue Rangers is obviously going to be talked about. And yeah. We'll see what we'll see what else we get into. Can't Uh, wait. Yeah, but that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye.